Well, good afternoon. It's great to see you, Croeswok and Nessiaun. And it's lovely to have Ruth with us, Ruth Morgan from Compassion. Ruth is going to be telling us a little bit more about the work of Compassion, particularly in Uganda later in the service. But she's going to be doing that in the context of the scripture, uh, reflecting a little bit on the story of the Good Samaritan for us. I've heard the sermon once, and it's a really good one. So if you're feeling a little bit sleepy after lunch, it's worth waking up for. It's lovely to see you. Let's begin then with the first hymn. in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Grace and peace be with you. Let's pray together then. Father of glory, holy and eternal, look upon us now in power and mercy. May strength overcome our weakness, your radiance transform our blindness, and your spirit draw us to that love shown and offered to us by your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's sit then. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, Jesus said, and love one another as I have loved you. So mindful of all those times when our words and ways have not reflected those of Jesus, let's confess our sins together. Heavenly Father,
Almighty God, who forgives all who, tru who truly repent, have mercy upon you and set you free from sin, strengthen you in goodness, and keep you in eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together then for the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the glory of God, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. So let's pray together. Gwethiun. Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we are to pray and to give more than we either desire or deserve. Pour down upon us the abundance of your mercy. Forgive us those things which our conscience is afraid and give us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask. But through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The reading is taken from Luke chapter 14, verses 25 to 37. On one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit the inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied. How do you read it? He answered. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbour as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. 
Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who had fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Ruth, are you ready to come and share with us? We're excited to hear about what you've got to say. And let me pray for you as we begin. Father, we give you thanks for Ruth and for her ministry, particularly with compassion. We pray that the words of her mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight. God, our strength and our great redeemer. Amen. Thank you. Well, good afternoon. How are you all doing? I was uh, obviously in St. Kath's this morning, and if I tell you they locked me in the hall, was one of them, and uh, then they gave me a, a, a pulpit that was up here somewhere, so I was on tiptoes looking over. So, But we got there this morning, and I did say to them, and I gave you permission to do the same, um, I'm from a Pentecostal church, so I'm the senior leader with my husband of a Pentecostal church in Armourford. So we're one of those happy, clappy-type churches that's uh, maybe a bit loud for some, but we do tend to talk a lot. So I gave them permission this morning that if I went on a bit, to throw something at me. Now, nobody did, so that suggests I was got the timing okay, but you have the same permission as well. Is that okay? Good. I also, being from a Pentecostal church, like a bit of interaction. So maybe you're not used to it. Well, you, you are used to it because you do the, the, um, the service already. So if I ask you a question, just answer me back. It just makes me feel as though I'm not so much alone then. Is that okay? So um, the scripture was read um, today now from Luke, which was beautifully read. So thank you for, for that. And it's one of those stories, isn't it, that we all know anyway, whether we go to church or not. It's a story that we all know is the Good Samaritan. And lots of the times when people look at the story of the Good Samaritan, they look at maybe, uh, you know, being inclusive or maybe looking at it from a racial point of view or whatever, because the Samaritan was the kind of the arched enemy of the guy that got beaten up. So whilst there's three people in the story, I want to concentrate on what the Samaritan did and uh, basically his generosity towards the guy that was uh, beaten up on the road. You see, like I said, there was three people in that story. There was the priest who should have helped because, you know, let's be truthful, we all think Reverend Adrian should be helping people in the community, don't we? Then we think maybe, you know, Rob on the back there, he helps in church. Well, you know, he helps in church. He should as well. But this story is actually, it was the enemy that actually helped. So in other words, we are all have this responsibility to help when we see a need. And so I want to look at the generosity of the Samaritan in three areas. First of all, I want to look at the generosity in his time. Now, if he was on the road to Jericho, he was clearly going to Jericho. He probably had an appointment. He probably had a meeting. He probably had some business you know, something to do, didn't he? Otherwise, he wouldn't be on the road, isn't it? You're not on the road unless you go in somewhere. Otherwise, he'd have been at home watching the daytime TV with his pyjamas on. He was doing something. He had something in his day schedule to do. But here we see him being the only one in this story to stop, see an opportunity, 
and to deal with it. He was generous with his time. Now, I don't know if you've seen, but this weekend, uh, somebody has won the Euro Lottery, uh, or whatever they call it, Euro Millions, and they've won £110 million this weekend. Now, I don't know about you, I don't buy lottery tickets, but whenever I hear of something like that, I've spent it in like 15 minutes, I have. I'm thinking, oh, I'd buy this, I'd do this, I'd do this, I'd give this away. But I would hope that if you did inherit that money or win that money, you would seek financial advice. Because when you get that amount of money, that's life-changing, isn't it? And you wouldn't want to waste it. You wouldn't want to uh, kind of dwindle it away. You'd want it to work for you. And yet, if you lived to the ripe old age of 81, which is the average age in the UK, you would have had 43 million minutes. Now, you see, time is our most precious resource, not finance. I can spend my money, I can waste my money, and my husband probably says I do, I, but there's every opportunity that I can get that money back somehow, can I? I can work a bit harder, or I can take on another job. There's every chance we can recoup that money back. But we can't do that with time. I was in St. Cath's this morning. Like I said, I got locked in the minor hall. I started panicking, thinking, gosh, church is starting, and I'm in this all on my own. I couldn't do anything about that. And here we are at three o'clock or whatever the time is now in the afternoon. I can't get that time back this morning. If I'd made a mistake while I was preaching, I can't get that back. My father passed away nine years ago now, or eight, nine years ago. And what I would do for just one more minute with him, but I can't get it back. Once time has gone, it is gone. And there's nothing we can do with it. And that's why Ephesians 5 says, look, be really careful what you do with your time. Not as the unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time. You see, like I said, the Samaritan probably had something to do, didn't he? And I don't know about you, when I've got my diaries full and somebody interrupts me, it is so annoying, isn't it? Because you think, oh, I've got this to do, I've got that to do, and you're, you're disturbing me now. But Jesus was the best example ever of being interrupted. I gave the example this morning, and it's the same here with the gorgeous building that you have. You know, if Adrian was speaking, and then somebody was, all the dust started coming from the ceiling because somebody was passing a, a man through the ceiling, Adrian would probably be flipping his head because, like, you know, hang on, you've just damaged our ceiling. I'd be like, hang on, I've just driven from Armourford here. Get back up there until I finish speaking. Wouldn't we? We'd be like, hang on, now you're putting us out here. But Jesus did what he needed to do. And even about his normal business, when he was sleeping, even when he was healing other people, he still got interrupted. But he never brushed it off. He allowed those interruptions because he saw the need in people's life. So, you know, who in your world needs a little bit of your time? It might be a neighbour on your street. It might be somebody in this congregation. It might be somebody in the wider community in Lacha that just needs a little bit of your time. Maybe somebody needs to have their mo lo mo um, lawn mowed. Maybe somebody needs you to do an errand for them. You know, God puts these opportunities in your way. How generous are you going to be with your time? Secondly, the Samaritan was generous with his words. You'll have to excuse me. I woke up with a cold this morning and I think I'm going to sneeze, but... We're all right for a minute. He was generous with his words. Now, there's no dialogue in Luke recorded at all, but I can't imagine, can you, that he just went up to him and started fiddling with him because that would be weird, wouldn't it? He is bound to have spoken to him. He's bound to have said, oh my gosh, what's happened to you? I'm such a such a buddy. What's your name? I'm going to look after you. Don't worry. Things are going to be fine. He's bound to have given him words of encouragement. You see, words are so important, aren't they? 
They're free. Words are completely free, but they hold so much value. And the Bible tells us over and over again. You see, one sentence can motivate somebody to have their very best day. One sentence can put a smile on somebody's face. One sentence can help them have a good day. But exactly the same way, one sentence can pull somebody down to their lowest point. One sentence can pull somebody down from their high to their low. One sentence can damage somebody's weak, even their year. You see, Proverbs 18 says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And Proverbs gives so many verses about the use of words. It says, gentle words bring life and health. Kind words are like honey sweet to the soul. A person's words can give life-giving water. You see, People won't necessarily remember what you say, but they will remember what you've said, how that made them feel. Yeah, does that make sense? They won't remember necessarily what you said, but they will remember how those words made them feel. So who again in your world needs the kindness of your words? Maybe it's just an encouragement. Maybe it's just, hey, it's great to see you in church today. Maybe it's, oh my gosh, have you done something different with your hair? You look fabulous. Yeah, it's just a word of encouragement. And sometimes that's all it takes to make somebody's day. The other thing that uh, the Samaritan was <coughs> generous with was with his finances. You know, that he should, the lady read in there that he paid the innkeeper two of the little coins. Now, we don't know whether what standard of hotel that was. It could have been the local travel lodge. It could have been the Ritz. We have no idea, but he paid him what was needed. But he also said to him, and look, if it's any more, if there's anything else I owe you, let me know and I'll repay you. You see, he didn't just f fix the guy on the side of the road, which, let's be honest, would have been adequate. He went above and beyond and did what was needed to have been done. You see, you know, we don't know how um, much money the Samaritan had. We don't know if he was rich, he was poor. We don't know his occupation. We know nothing about this guy. But what we do know is that he was willing to give what was needed to give. So who in your world needs your resources? Maybe it's this church needs your resources. I don't know if the roof needs fixing or what needs doing in Lacha, but who in your world needs an injection maybe of your finances? Who is God placing on your heart to be generous to today? You see, there's two lakes in Israel. They are both fed by the River Jordan. One's the Dead Sea and one's the Sea of Galilee. They're both, like I said, fed by the River Jordan, which is full of life. But the Dead Sea retains everything. There's no streams, there's no tributaries, nothing flows out of the Dead Sea. And as the name suggests, the sea, the lake, is dead. It can't sustain life at all. It receives life, but then it dies the minute it enters it. On the complete opposite, then, is the Sea of Galilee. That receives exactly the same feed from the River Jordan as the Dead Sea. The difference being is there's streams and there's tributaries that flow out of that, and in fact, it nourishes a lot of Israel. You see, the Sea of Galilee receives goodness, but it gives out goodness. And that's what God wants us to do. We receive God's goodness. He blesses us, but it's not for us to keep. God blesses us so that we can be life-giving tributaries and streams to those around us. Second Corinthians says this, this most generous God 
who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something that you can give away, which grows into fully formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way. Now, I'm here on behalf of Compassion, obviously, and whilst we um, you know, are looking at just generosity and generous, obviously I'm looking at the generosity that we need to be given for those that maybe we will never, ever meet in our lifetime. And we are looking particularly today at Uganda uh, and the children there in extreme poverty. And you might be surprised to know that Uganda is considered to be one of the poorest and most corrupt countries in the world. It has a population of 40 million or just over and almost half of those are under the age of 15. It has the youngest population in the world. Education is compulsory in Uganda, but it's not really policed. So if parents decide that they're not sending their kids to school or anything like that, there's nothing, kind of, there's no consequences at all. And a lot of the time, the parents don't send their children to school because they have to do other things like work or things like that. The practice of child marriage is widespread in Uganda. Now, I've got three girls. They're all, um, the youngest is 19, so they're all adults at the moment. I've got three girls, and I can't imagine being in such a position where I feel I have to sell my daughter into marriage as young as age seven just so that I can get some money in. But that's a widespread practice in uh, Uganda. They estimate that at least 10,000 children live on the streets in the capitals because the parents believe that they will have a better standard of living in the city, that there's more chance of them getting a job, more chance of them earning money. But as you can imagine, when they get to the cities, the jobs aren't there for these kids, the homes aren't there for these kids, and they have to live on the street, and their only means of surviving is begging. And as you can imagine, begging comes with all sorts of dangers. Rife sec sexual um, trafficking is rife and all the vile uh, practices that come with that. And in Uganda, work is an everyday reality for children. I can't imagine sending my kids up to work at age five. And these aren't kind of, you know, office jobs. These are dangerous jobs in the quarries and the farms, jobs that adults don't want to do. And yet, it is widespread in Uganda. You see, David asked a question in the Psalms. He says, what can I repay God for all his blessings to me? And the answer is simple, isn't it? We can't. It's, it, it, the answer is no, there's nothing. We can't repay God for his blessings to us. You know, I love the verse, they are new every morning. Do you know what that means? That means I haven't got to borrow the blessing for tomorrow. I haven't got to rely on the blessing I had yesterday. God gives me new blessings every day because he knows what I need today. And God gives us blessing upon blessing. He looks after us. He protects us. You know, there's so many things that go on that we don't even know about sometimes, isn't it? God's protection around us. And he's given us, you know, his unconditional love and, you know, eternal life. We can't repay that. But Jesus goes in Matthew 25, some way to telling us what we can do. And I'll paraphrase it. Uh, you can look it up maybe later. But Matthew 25, he says, look, I was hungry and somebody fed me. I was naked and somebody gave me clothes. I was thirsty and somebody gave me water. I was in prison and somebody visited me. In other words, what he was saying here is when you see somebody in need, help them. When you see somebody who hasn't got something, you give them. When you see somebody who needs company, you share your company with them. And as you do that to them, you were doing it to me. So that's a way of repaying 
God for all his benefits. Is for what you do for the least of these, we are doing it for God. And what Jesus is talking about here is just generosity. It's the willingness to give or to share what we have been blessed with. And that might be locally, that might be in Lucha, that might be in the wider community of Wales, that might be someone that you will never meet, like Christine here from Uganda. It might be sharing your generosity with children like her. You know, we're going to watch a video shortly. But before we do, I just want to mention, obviously, the UK are in a bit of a crisis at the moment, isn't it? I don't know if you've noticed, you probably have, every single bill has gone up, hasn't it? The grocery bill, the clothes bill, the petrol bill, the energy prices, everything is going up. And let's be truthful, I think winter is going to be very difficult for a lot of people. It's within a crisis. But you know, God has promised us in his word that the generous people will receive generosity. Here's a couple of verses that he says, the generous person will prosper. He says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. Good will come to those who are generous. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. If you help the poor, you will lend into the Lord and he will repay you. You know, there's a story in, in Mark, and I'll finish with this. There's a story in Mark about a little old lady who went to the temple and Jesus was there with his disciples and everybody was putting money into the, the offering bowl or the bag or the plate, whatever um, you relate to. But they were putting money in and they were, Jesus was watching and then this little old lady came in and put two tiny little coins in. Some versions say mites, but two tiny little coins in. And Jesus pointed this lady out to, the, um, to his disciples and he said this. He says, I tell you, this poor woman has put more than all the others put together. Everyone else gave what they didn't need. But she is very poor and gave everything she had. You see, this lady here was in need of charity herself. But here she was with a heart to give to others. You see, generosity is not what's on your bank account. Generosity is what's on your heart. So like I said, we're going to watch a video shortly, but, you know, who is God placing on your heart to be generous to? It could be your literal neighbour. It could be somebody in your locality. It could be maybe helping the food bank. It could be maybe helping the homeless in your community. It could be maybe helping the drug addicts or the, the um, you know, the young children that are uh, suffering from all, all the COVID stuff at the moment. Who in your community needs either some of your time some of your encouraging words, or maybe even some of your finances. We're going to watch the video, but before we do, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your generosity. Generosity that we don't deserve. Yet you bless us anyway. Father God, we thank you that we have the privilege to sleep every night in a comfortable bed. We have clean water at a turn of a tap. We have three meals a day and a health service that looks after us when we're sick. Lord, never let us become so comfortable that we assume that everyone is as fortunate as we are. Expand our understanding of the needs in this world and help our capacity to show compassion to the least, the lost and the lonely. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.
given week will go at least for three days without food. The friends that I played with in the neighborhood got captured and was being trained to become child soldiers. We would beg our parents just to buy one apple, but even the rotten ones we could not afford to buy. In a period of 18 months, I lost my small brother Patrick, my mom, and I lost my stepdad because of the terrifying disease of HIV AIDS. When my mother died, I was lost. I was looking for hope, for God to just show me that everything was going to be okay. Not knowing what tomorrow will look like, not knowing whether I would have a home, whether we would live to see the next day. I don't know why Aaron Mitchell decided to sponsor me, but when he did, my whole life changed. A group of people from Compassion showed up at my church. They said, you're gonna go to school, and then somebody's going to write to you. I don't have to worry about whether my parents would have enough money to keep me going to school. Even if I get sick, someone was there to take care of me. I felt safe. I felt wanted. My sponsor is Edwin Bunny. Maria and Hanshru. Aaron Mitchell. Five women from a Lutheran church that were sponsoring me. I am now a physical therapist and I'm working in a hospital. Clinical social worker. I was the first child in my family to go to high school, to go to college. I have a bachelor and a master in, in biomedical engineering, a second master in engineering management, and uh, they called me into ministry, so I had to go and get a third master. I have a ministry called Youth Arise Africa that works with boys who don't have father figures. We opened a small school. It's now providing the same opportunity that Compassion provided to me so that they too can break out of the cycle of poverty. Whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. You do for me. You did for me. You did it for me. Sponsor a child today to break the cycle of poverty in a child's life like my sponsor did for me. Ruth, thank you so much for that incredible message. I love that image of the River Jordan. I don't know about you, but I've been to Israel, and the River Jordan is the lifeblood of Israel. Lots of the economy in that area depends on the life that the water brings. And those two seas, the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee, nothing grows in the Dead Sea. That's why it's dead. But the Sea of Galilee, it's what Ruth says, it's a life-giving water. Its tributaries and its streams flow out to give life to others. And Jesus, didn't he, did so much of his teaching on the fertile ground of the Sea of Galilee, on, on the water itself and in the area around it. We've been so blessed, even facing hard times 
in the cost of living crisis that's looming, we're still among the most richest people in the world. God pours out his blessings on us. They're new every morning. And we're called as people who know God's love to share that love in practical ways. What an incredible challenge to be generous, to be a blessing with our, with our time, with our words, and if we're able, with our money. If you'd like to know more about compassion, and if you'd like to have an opportunity to touch a young child in poverty's life and to transform that child's life and have a word with Ruth after the service. It's something that Claire and I have been doing for a long time. And the interaction with the child as they get older and the regular letters that you receive, they're not just life-giving and transforming for the child. They're life-giving and transforming for us too. As we read the letters, find out about the difference we're making and see someone's life blessed and transformed. So don't rush away after the service. Have a chat with Ruth, find out more. And if you'd like to sponsor, even if you don't want to do that today, um, there'll be an opportunity for the next month for you to have a chat with me about it and to pray about it and to think about whether it's something that you would like to do. So let's just pause for a moment Commit what we've heard to God. Giving thanks for Ruth and for her ministry and for the life and work of compassion in Uganda and all parts of the world where there is need and where people are living in poverty. Giving thanks to God for his generosity towards us. Rejoicing that his blessings are new every morning. And just pondering that challenge to be generous. To be generous with our time, with our words, and with our financial resources. All things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own do we give thee. Amen. Let's stand then to share in the words of the Creed together. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things are made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, 
we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Take a seat for a moment. Well, just a few announcements before we venture into our prayers together. I hear that the repair shop over the weekend was a brilliant success. So I wanted to say a big thank you to everyone who had been working so hard to be a blessing with your time and with your skills. That's one way of showing generosity and pouring out God's goodness into the community. Thank you to everyone. Tomorrow evening, we've got a meeting of the Parochial Church Council at 7 o'clock. If you're on the PCC, just a heads up, remember that. We look forward to seeing you here at half past seven. Did I say seven? Half past seven here in St. David's. Then um, Monday, after, Monday morning at half past 11, we're beginning a new Welsh service in St. Catherine's, Cwrdebach. You may be familiar with the Cwrde Mawr. Well, this is our equivalent, the Cwrde Bach. If you're fluent in Welsh, if you're learning, or if you can't speak a word of Welsh and you just want to come along for the lunch, you'd be very, very welcome. Half past 11 in St. Catherine's, a short service followed by a lunch, and then afterwards we look forward to welcoming Professor Lloyd Llewellyn-Jones from Cardiff University, who's going to help us grapple with some of the challenges of the Book of Esther. Now, if, like me, you hear the word professor and you quiver in your boots because you think, oh, gosh, I won't understand a word that comes from his mouth, well, as Rian Arodanan reminded us just a couple of weeks ago, Lloyd began his career as a dresser in the costume department on Pobola Cum. And he's gone from dresser to professor. It's a really interesting story. Perhaps he'll tell us a little bit more about that tomorrow. But the big thing to know about Lloyd is that his words are very accessible. He's got both feet on the floor, and I'm sure that there'll be lots to learn from him. So if you're fluent in Welsh, if you're learning and have only got a tamed bach like my mother, or if you haven't got a word of Welsh and you want to come along for the lunch, it's free and we would absolutely be thrilled to see you. You'd be very, very welcome. The service starts at half past 11. The lunch, if you only want to pop in for that, should begin about midday and you'd be very welcome. Then Tuesday morning, we've got our pop-up cafe where we again aim to be a blessing to the community. If you know of somebody, perhaps a friend or a neighbor who's feeling a bit isolated or cut off post-COVID and you want to be a blessing to them, why not invite them to come along and come with them as company? There'll be a chance then for them to meet others, to have a bit of a chat and a lovely piece of cake or perhaps even a piece of toast and a cuppa, whatever they fancy. There's always a great menu. And given that I'm on Slimming World, I go in with my eyes closed, but it's worth popping in. Tuesday evening, then, we begin Discipleship Explored, a chance to get together as a whole ministry area to enjoy the company of people from all the churches in the area to have some fellowship together, but also to journey through Paul's letter to the Philippians. If you've never read it before, it's in the New Testament. It's only four chapters. So you can put up your feet tomorrow morning, boil the kettle, have a cuppa, and you can read it in the blink of an eye from beginning to end. It's only four chapters. And then come along on Tuesday night 
to enjoy some fellowship. We'll be watching a short film together that'll help us think about the book, and then we'll be having some conversation together. There's no right or wrong answers, and you're welcome to say whatever you think. A very warm welcome. It only lasts for eight weeks, so signing up doesn't mean that you have to come along forever. And if you can't make every single one of the sessions, well, join the club, because I let you in on a secret. Smack bang in the middle of the course. I'm away for two weeks, sending it on holiday, and Andrew and Jill are doing the same. So you're actually up there in the Premier League, you're in very good company. The vicar won't be there for all of the sessions either, so you're very welcome just to pop in and pop out. There's always something to learn. We've got a, an interesting couple of weeks ahead of us, uh, looking forward to uh, harvest. We've got Canal Lloyd, Dr. Canal Lloyd, head of TIA Fund in Wales, coming along as the guest speaker. And that, I'm sure, will be absolutely wonderful. We look forward to the parish choir, who is going to be taking part in the service for our harvest festival. If you've never sung with a choir before, if you can't hold a tune, well, it doesn't matter. The Bible says make a joyful noise to the Lord. It says nothing about being in tune. If you'd like to know more about that, have a word with John. New members, always welcome. I know because people have already told me this morning that having had one practice already, the vast crowd that were there said that more than anything, it was really good fun. So if you don't want to join, that's fine but you will be missing out. Then the Harvest Supper, just a heads up, that's on the 4th of October. And if you'd like a ticket for that, I think they have found their way up to St. David's and Dorothy has got them. So we look forward to an opportunity, having been through COVID, to get together again, remembering our motto, one church meeting in two places. And it'll be wonderful to get together as one church family, to rejoice in God's goodness, to remember his blessings, and to think about how we can be a blessing to others. We're going to be doing two things to mark harvest. We're going to be uh, trying to be a blessing to people locally by giving generously to the food bank. You might want to make a financial contribution or bring some non-perishable foods which we can donate to the food bank at St. Catherine's. Or... You might want to give practically. We'll be supporting the work of TIA Fund and the work that they're doing to help people who are in great need at the moment, particularly those suffering in the floods at the moment in Pakistan. So we hold them in our hearts and in our minds. All the details and more are on the bulletin today. So take it away with you. Have a good read. And if you want to know any more about anything, grab me at the end or have a word with Dorothy or one of the other church wardens. Moira is here too. I can hear the rain. Isn't that wonderful? Perhaps it'll cool us down a bit. But for now, let's turn to God in prayer. Gwedion. Let us pray. In our intercessions today, we pray for all people according to their needs. In the Anglican cycle of prayer for the 12th Sunday after Trinity, we pray for the East Swansea Ministry Area and the Anglican Church of Australia. 
We pray too for the Archbishop of Wales, the Bishop of Swansea and Brecon, and all the clergy in our ministry area and all their families. Strengthen them and all Christian ministers in their leadership. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for hearing the parable of the Good Samaritan and the words of Jesus, telling us what he wants us to do. He says, go and do likewise. Give wisdom and a desire for peace to all our world leaders, and we pray that there will soon be peace between the Ukraine and Russia, and that those suffering in the floods in Pakistan will receive the aid they so badly need. Give grace to us, our families, friends, and neighbors, and may we serve Christ in one another and love as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, comfort and heal those who are suffering in mind, body, and spirit, and deliver them from their pain. We pray for those we know and our loved ones who are in our thoughts and prayers. Hear us as we remember those known to us who have died and our own loved ones. Grant us with them everlasting light and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, in the silence, we bring before you our own needs and concerns. In the communion of all the saints, we commend ourselves and one another and all our life to you. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. True and living God, the source of life for all creation, you made us in your own image, always and everywhere we give you thanks, through Jesus Christ our Lord. In your love for us, and in the fullness of time, you sent your Son to be our Saviour, the Word made flesh. He has lived among us, and we've seen his glory. For our sins, and for the sins of the whole world, he suffered death on the cross. You raised him to life in triumph, and you exalted him in glory. Through him, you send your Holy Spirit upon the church, and you made us your people. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we praise your glorious name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Let us pray. Blessed are you, almighty God, because on the night that he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given you thanks, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given you thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink from this, all of you. This cup is a new covenant in my blood, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come in glory. Therefore, loving God, recalling now the sacrifice of Christ your Son, once and for all upon the cross, and the triumph of his resurrection, we ask you to accept this, our sacrifice of praise. Send your Holy Spirit upon us and on these your gifts, that we may be fed with the body and blood of your Son, and filled with your life and goodness. Unite us in Christ, give us your peace, that we may do your work and be his body in the world. Through him, with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honour and glory are yours, Almighty Father, for ever and ever. Amen. And so, as our Saviour, Jesus Christ, has taught us, we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. 
Jesus, Lamb of God. Receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ given for you. Feed on him in your hearts by faith and with thanksgiving. Amen.
to shout a big amen after that. Amen. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is gracious. God of truth, we have seen with our eyes and touched with our hands the bread of life. Strengthen our faith that we may grow in love for you and for each other. Through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen. ended but our worship now begins send us out in the power of your spirit to live and work to your praise and glory in Jesus name Amen remember not to rush away if you want to find out more I'm sure Ruth will be very eager to share with you but bless you as you go Bendith